Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every day. You can find me at ScoutFantasySports.com as I have the Fantasy Football Week 8 Fab Blind Bidding Guide up. So you can take a look at it right now, see what players I list, how much you should bid, and obviously is basically halfway through the season, and we have four more teams on bye week, so it gets complicated this time of the season. Six more teams on bye in week nine so sometimes you need to prepare for that a little bit as well if you have the ability to look ahead so i have you covered we have dr roto's podcast from today up also dr roto looks at some wide receivers to buy and sell we'll have the week eight projections up in just a little bit i know sean childs is wrapping them up and they should be up soon and of course you can ask your message questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want myself sean childs dr roto we are there to answer them whether it's trades, add drops, lineup questions, and of course, the lineup questions better late in the week. You know, you don't need to rush your decision right now. We still haven't had an official injury report. And yeah, you have to make the decision on players in the Thursday night game a little bit earlier. But keep in mind, you know, a lot of times these injuries on Wednesday or Thursday, we didn't even know about. So once the official injury report comes out tomorrow, you, know, you get a little bit more clarification. So always relax on the lineup decisions you know take some time make sure that you have the most information and i think a lot of times people get anxious and you know just because we answer something on a wednesday you know the information or the decision can easily change by saturday or sunday so that's something that you have to keep in mind and why don't rush to make these lineup decisions take your time and make sure that you have the most information so we get it right that's the goal here is to get it right you can also check out scout dfs NFL DFS, NBA DFS, and NHL DFS. So love NBA DFS. Only a three-game slate tonight, which already kicked off. So uh, Ben Simmons out for the Sixers tonight. So hopefully you caught that news. And that's why you you can try a seven-day free trial of the NBA. And what's great is, you know, we do have an optimizer. And you can get it as part of the seven-day free trial. And it was really good last year. I mean, it hit more often than not. And it reacts instantly. So as soon as the Ben Simmons news breaks, sometimes it only takes like a minute, two minutes. You hit that optimizer, and it'll quickly have Simmons out and put in, you know, Markel Fultz or T.J. McConnell. Fultz going to start. So it's a very valuable tool that can really help you out, especially if you don't have a lot of time. Maybe you get home from work at 6.30, and, you know, you want to throw in a couple lineups. You can, uh, you know, use the optimizer, stay up to date on the news, and it can really help you out. So, again, it's free. Who doesn't like free? Seven-day free trial, so you can check it out at Scout DFS, and again, VegasWhispers.com for all your sports betting needs. Last night, the pick was the under on the Falcons-Giants game, 
And it played out that way. A lot of people probably thought it was going to be over. I think it was 52 or 53. And, of course, the game total was 43. So, uh, once again, they gave a winner, VegasWhispers.com, just crushing it in the primetime slate, the Sunday night, uh, Thursday night, Monday night games. Another win for them last night. That's uh, Last Monday they had the over on the Packers 49ers, and that came true. So, again, check it out, VegasWhispers.com. Uh, they've been crushing it as well. So, again, we're here to help. We want to make you money. We want to make you better fantasy players. That's the goal. Coming up in the next segment, I'll be joined by Chris Vaccaro, high-stakes player, and he also is part of TheAthletic.com. So we're going to talk to him. He's a great mind. We play in uh, one league together, and uh, we always usually are there in the end. Uh, he's a very good player. I enjoy competing against him. So uh, we battled it out in baseball and football. So stay tuned. He's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, let's take a look at some of the latest news going on right now. The Dolphins are just really hurting at wide receiver. Albert Wilson has already been ruled out for the game on Thursday against the Texans. He has a hip injury. Now, it appears that he doesn't need surgery. Uh, that's the latest report I saw, I believe, from Adam Schefter. But they are probably going to place him on injured reserve. So if that's the case... Now, you really don't need to hold on to him. Obviously, if you have a IR spot, you can put him on there. But anyone that's being put on IR now, you know, they're going to be out a long period of time because you've got to be on the minimum eight weeks. So by the time they come back, it's fantasy championship. So you're not really waiting around. And if someone comes back that first week in your playoffs, you're going to be hesitant to start them. So Albert Wilson, you know, was a hot pickup a couple weeks ago. I actually drafted him in a couple weeks. I wound up cutting him just because – when you look at that Dolphins team, they just spread the ball out so much. And, you know, they were winning some games early, and they weren't running a lot of plays. The pass attempts were down. And, you know, you had Kenny Stills. You had Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Danny Amendola, and they were throwing a Kenyon Drake. So it was kind of tough on a week-to-week basis. But we did see the upside of Albert Wilson with his ability to break a lot of tackles. But, uh, obviously, he is someone that you can drop uh, with this injury so that's going to open some things up for some other receivers there. Kenny Stills, he will also be out on Thursday. He is dealing with a groin injury, so the short week not helping him. So that means that Devontae Parker is going to play this week for the Dolphins out of necessity. And, man, Adam Gase really wasn't positive at all when talking about Devontae Parker. So I think he's really difficult to use in this spot. We know he's going to play uh, for sure. Uh, but I think the guy that you're looking at, and he might be available on the waiver wire too in some leagues, is Danny Amendola. Uh, he was limited in practice today. It's a short week, and we always worried about his injury. But you got to look at him as someone that's in play this week because Brock Osweiler, once again, will be at quarterback. And look at the two games that Amendola has had with Brock Osweiler at quarterback. Eight for 59 and then six for 84 and a touchdown. That is very useful in a PPR format, especially with four teams on by and a lot of injuries. So, Amendola definitely becomes uh, in consideration, and the Texans are without their slot corner, Aaron Colvin, and we know Amendola runs in the slot a lot. So Amendola certainly in play this week as a wide receiver three in PPR formats. Uh, Jakeem Grant, we've seen flashes from him this year. He'll obviously benefit with Albert Wilson out, and uh, you know he did play 70% of the snaps last week, and you know the Texans uh, could be beat by a speed guy. So uh, Grant could be, you know, a deep sleeper this week if you're really desperate. Uh, again, because he'll be on the field getting some of those targets. Uh, 
you know, Parker has barely played this year, and he has, uh, you know, a quad injury, and you know, he said he, his agent said he's healthy. It's just a mess, a mess. So, uh, you know, Osweiler has barely done anything with Devontae Parker, so I just can't play Parker. And I'm just so glad that I stayed away from him this year. He burned me last year, stayed away this year, and it's worked out. Obviously, he is a candidate to be traded. Now, the Texans have allowed three touchdowns against tight ends this year, so uh, maybe Mike Gusecki has come on a little bit. Uh, He did have 44 yards last week, but uh, O'Leary, Nick O'Leary, played more snaps. So uh, O'Leary would probably be the guy to look at. But, again, that's kind of desperation play there as the Dolphins really banged up right now. Uh, We've been, you know, I think there was a lot of uh, talk about potentially Chad Kelly, the backup quarterback for the Broncos, maybe taking over for Case Keenum at some point with Keenum struggling. But uh, he might not even be on the team uh, soon because Chad Kelly was charged with first-degree criminal trespassing after an incident in Inglewood, Colorado, early this morning. So the police report said they responded to a call about a man standing outside a residence around 1.17 in the morning, and apparently uh, he had entered the residence and chased away by the occupant. So uh, Kelly was the guy that uh, they arrested. So uh, not good here. And then NFL.com's Ian Rappaport is reporting all options, including release are on the table for Kelly following his arrest. So it's just been, uh, you know, a bad season here for the Broncos. This does not help as, uh, you know, Case Keenum has been very shaky. There's been talk about Kelly replacing him, but now uh, that's probably not going to happen. He might not even be on the team. John Ross is going to be sidelined a few weeks with a groin injury. Uh, It's the same groin injury that he had back a couple weeks ago, and he just cannot stay healthy. You know, there was some excitement for John Ross in draft season, uh, I forgot. I think it was the third preseason game where he, you know, beat a defender really bad. Andy Dalton actually, you know, short uh, armed the throw. It was a little short. Ross had to come back for it, but he scored a touchdown. And I think people started to get excited. I started to see him go in the 11th, 12th round. And I had said at that point, that's way, uh, that's too early. Couldn't do that, you know. And it easily could have worked out. You know, he did have a, a touchdown in week four, but uh, you know, returned uh, in week seven. Played 30 snaps, but he hasn't really done anything. He does have two touchdowns on the year because he does have that elite speed. And when you have A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, uh, and Tyler Boyd, you know, that opens things up. But Ross just cannot stay healthy, so no need to uh, keep him on your roster at this point. Rashard Matthews signs with the Jets. I think it was just like a week ago, Matthews said he was unlikely to sign with a team this year. But the Jets are very thin at wide receiver. Quincy Anua is out with a high ankle sprain. They cut Terrell Pryor. So a lot of injuries there for the Jets. So it is a good spot for Matthews. The problem is it's going to take him some time to get acclimated to a new team, learn the playbook. So I think in deeper formats, you know, like uh, 20 roster spots, if you do have someone, you could stash him. But the problem is a lot of people don't have these spots to stash now, especially with the bye weeks where you're trying to fill in the gaps. So, uh, I would consider him in deeper formats. Not crazy high. He was in the uh, fab guide uh, for deeper formats. You know, they do have Robbie Anderson there and Jermaine Curse, who disappointed last week with a zero. Man, that was bad. I did use him, I think, in two seasonal leagues and in DFS. And, boy, that was really bad. But part of it was I think they moved him to the outside. And, you know, what you want is the slot wide receiver for the Jets. That's where Sam Darnold goes a lot. So that was definitely a disappointing 
day for Jermaine Kerr. So, uh, again, Rashard Matthews, it will take some time. And we usually see this. Oftentimes, receivers, it takes them some time to get acclimated to a new team. You have to learn the playbook. You have to gain a connection with the quarterback. So, I don't expect them to make a big impact. It might take a few weeks. But if you do have the room for a roster spot, uh, you can stash him. But he's definitely not someone you're picking up with 16 roster spots. Uh, this is for deep formats where you have 20-plus roster spots. Mike McCarthy said Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb will practice on Tuesday. It, it appeared that both guys were pretty close in Week 7, so this is not a surprise. Obviously, the big question here is what does the team do with Marquez Valdez-Scantling? If you remember before the year, there was some talk about the Packers potentially trading Randall Cobb or cutting him, and it kind of didn't make sense at the time because you know Aaron Rodgers – he needs guys to be in the right spots, and he has had a rapport with Randall Cobb. And Cobb, week one, had that big touchdown against the Bears. He's been quiet since, dealing with the hamstring injury. But Valdez Scantling has looked pretty good filling in for those guys. In you know, week five, he had 10 targets, seven for 68, and a touchdown. And then in week six, six targets, three for 103. So it'll be interesting to see, since we have had some trade activity, do the Packers move Randall Cobb? Is someone interested in him? Because that would open up for Valdez Scantling was dropped in a lot of leagues last week because of the buy, and I can understand it because we, we're just not sure what his role is. Uh, you would think that it would be a Cobb and Allison go back to playing a lot, and that would put Valdez Scantling on the bench. Uh, that would be my guess at this point. The Cowboys have a couple injuries here as they are in their bye week as Jeff Swain, the Cowboys tight end, he has a sprained MCL after having an MRI. Uh, was watching the game, and I saw that he was hurt. He was limping, but... Uh, they're on a bye. They return in Week 10 against the Titans. I believe that game's a Monday night. So either way, I don't think a lot of people were using Swain anyway. Maybe you were. You were streaming him in if you were in a really deep format and have injuries to tight ends. If that's the case, you know, no need to hold him through the bye, especially with this injury since we don't know he's going to return. Their right guard for the Cowboys as well, Zach Martin, he has a sprained MCL. So he also played with the injury in Week 9. And we've seen sprained MCLs, you know, it could be two weeks. Uh, you know, it depends. We saw O.J. Howard return within two weeks. You know, he got hurt. They had a bye. He was back. And, again, the Cowboys have a bye this week, so maybe Martin does return after the bye. Uh, I put this in the fab guide today, but a real interesting deep league player that you can sneak in this week for cheap that could play a role here down the stretch is Jets running back Elijah McGuire. He returned to practice last week. He can be activated next week. So the fact that he's already back at practice is good. And remember, Bilal Powell has a neck injury. Now, we don't know the extent of it. We don't even know if he's going to miss time. But the Jets were very high on Elijah McGuire in the offseason. I really thought he was going to have a pretty big role on this team. And there was even some talk that he might have been ahead of Powell at a certain point. So I drafted Elijah McGuire in the early best balls in June and July in a couple leagues. So uh, I think he is someone... In a deep format, again, you know, you can't stash everyone. But, you know, if you're looking for a running back and you have a roster spot with, you know, 20-plus roster spots, maybe you sneak him, sneak him in for a few bucks and maybe he plays a role down the stretch. It would not be crazy to see that happen. Real quick, on the uh, Monday night football game from last night, you know, it was very low scoring at first. Uh, it was only 10-3 at the half. And I think a lot of fantasy owners were hoping that they would get a lot of points in this game as a lot of matchups came down. Uh, to this game, and eventually in the end, the numbers were there. You know, Saquon Barkley not really getting much done on the ground as the offensive line has struggled 14 for 43 with a touchdown. But what Barkley does in the passing game is just unbelievable in PPR formats. Nine 
catches for 51 yards on 10 targets, and you see Eli consistently looking for Saquon. And I really think if we were doing a redraft today, it's Todd Gurley 1, Saquon Barkley 2. He has been that good. You know how many receptions he has in the air? 49. 49 through 7 games. I mean, he's on pace for over 100. He's got 7 total touchdowns, and he hasn't even really done much on the ground, but he does so much through the air. I mean, he's been so valuable this year. And I did see drafts where people took him as early as 4 or 5, and they're looking really smart right now because you're loving having Barkley. Sterling Shepard in another big game, 5 for 167 on 8 targets. And, you know, I thought before the year, someone's going to get hurt in this offense. I thought it would be either Shepard or Ingram. Ingram just came back from the injury. He had four targets, two for 16. I just don't think every week all of them can produce. You know Beckham's going to get his. You know Barkley's going to get his. Uh, right now it looks like Shepard's in a better spot. He's getting more targets. But we'll see what happens with Ingram as he gets healthy. Once again, Julio Jones didn't score. But, again, he still puts up monster fantasy numbers, especially in PPR formats. 12 targets, 9 for 104. So it's hard to complain about that. We did see Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley return. Not big games for them. Ridley, 5 for 43. You'll take that. Sanu just 2 for 21 because they really spread the ball around. And Tevin Coleman, you know, he just really hasn't looked good. A lot of people expected this guy to be a solid RB1, and he hasn't. But he did score a touchdown and gain 50 yards for the Falcons last night. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Chris Vaccaro, one of the top high-stakes players around, also writes for TheAthletic.com. We'll talk some football with him as we get you set for Week 8. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. The Week 8 Fat Blind Bidding Guide is up from myself, wide receivers to buy and sell from Dr. Roto, as well as his podcast. And you can ask us questions on the message boards and forums anytime. Check us out, ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll have Chris Carroll join me in just a second. But before we do that, we got Irv in New Jersey on the line. Irv, what's up? Hey, Adam. How are you, man? Good. Hey, I got to um, cut two out of these four players, uh, so I'll just, I'll just rattle off the names. Tell me what you think. These are roster depth guys. Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, Ito Smith, and Deion Lewis. Which two would you keep? Um, which two would you cut? You got to keep Deion Lewis. Obviously, we saw him have one of his best games. You got to hope that offense gets better going forward. You can c- cut Devontae Parker. The Dolphins clearly hate this guy, and they're trying to get rid of him. And then for the other one, I would keep Corey Davis. I know it's been rough. He had a bad drop in that game. He's getting a lot of defensive attention, but uh, I would hold on to him. You know, I like Edo Smith. He's still slightly behind Coleman, although it's a close timeshare. But I would, uh, I would hold on to Davis. I, I love his talent. So I would hold on to Davis and Deion Lewis. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. And a quick, uh, 
quick uh, waiver wire. Do you go for San Fran's defense or Arizona's defense this week? Uh, probably Arizona. I know they were terrible last week, but Beathard has been uh, turning the ball over quite a bit, and uh, I don't think they'll be as bad. So, yeah, we, I mean, both are are okay. Uh, I mean, I think there's better options this week, but I would probably lean towards the Cardinals over the 49ers. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, no problem. Time now to bring in Chris Vaccaro, one of the top high-stakes players around. You can also find him at theathletic.com. Chris, what's up? My man, Jonas, what's up, buddy? I like your advice that you just gave the uh, the last caller. I heard that one. I agree with you. I would keep Corey Davis and uh, Deion Lewis out of those four, just to, for what it's worth. Yeah, you know, Corey, <laughs> Corey Davis, man, you know, I, I actually only have him in one redraft league. I probably have him in some best ball, and I liked him. You know, I thought he had the potential and yeah. got all excited seeing week four, the big touchdown in overtime to win the game against Philly. And obviously the last several weeks have been tough. Now Baltimore was in there, Casey Hayward. Tredavious White, mm-hmm. so he's had some tough matchups. Do you feel Corey Davis can still be an impact player the rest of the way when they return from bye? I certainly do. I really think he's a name that we'll be talking about um, after the bye. Uh, I, you, what you just said hit it on the head. Uh, every week I, I have Corey Davis in about two leagues, and it's just a bad matchup after bad matchup. You know, We saw in week four in that big game, uh, you know, that blow-up game, what he could potentially do. Uh, the options are scarce in, in Tennessee right now. Uh, Tajay Sharp is coming along as a, as a decent second option, I guess. But Corey Davis' schedule opens up nicely after the bye. I really think with the target uh, share that he gets, he, he's going to be a real legit wide receiver, too, for fantasy teams. Now, in the leagues we play in, because most of our leagues are 20 bench spots, no one's dropping them. But I do think in some mm-hmm. you know, casual leagues with 16 roster spots in the bye this week, he might get cut in a few leagues because people look at game logs and they get frustrated. I could see him getting dropped in some casual formats this week with the bye coming up. Yeah, no, for sure. You'll see a lot of names getting dropped uh, that you know probably shouldn't be dropped because people are desperate with injuries and, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, having to clear some roster space to fill out their roster, you know, to fill out a starting lineup. But Corey Davis shouldn't be one of them. Um, you know, better days ahead for him. Are there better days ahead for Amari Cooper now that he's a Cowboy? <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you like that trade, buddy, as a Cowboy fan? This is what happened. So, I, you know, I was on Twitter, and I saw Josina Anderson break the story. Cowboys acquire Amari Cooper. I said, okay, not bad. I'm, never been mm-hmm. a, I'm not a huge Amari Cooper fan. I said, okay. That was before the compensation. Then I saw a first-round pick. I'm like, are you kidding me? They really gave up a first-round pick for this guy? There's no one else in the NFL that would have paid a first-round pick for him. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I'm sure you saw it on Twitter, and I think even maybe you tweeted it out a little after that, when considering the fact that the Patriots got a talent like yeah, Josh I Gordon yeah. for a fifth-round draft pick, and sure, there's, you know, the drug issues and, and the baggage that comes along with them, but let's not act like Amari Cooper comes with, you know, no issues here. You know, there's the, there's the talk that he's unmotivated and everything like that. Um I don't know, Adam. You know, for a first-round draft pick, I think your boys got hosed. <laughs> oh, I know they did. I know they did. And you but, know, people were arguing with me about the Josh Gordon thing. Oh, it's totally different. No, it's not. Even if Josh Gordon never played a single down for the Patriots, it was worth a yeah. fifth-round pick. I mean, that's a guy. And you're seeing yeah. it now. He is coming on. Just look at the way Tom Brady treats him. Tom Brady's looking for him all the time. 
Yeah, it was it was an ugly first six weeks uh, of the season as a Josh Gordon owner, which I am uh, in a couple leagues. But uh, I'm excited now for this second half of the season, being a Josh Gordon owner. The snap percentage is through the roof. I think he played 96% of the snaps this past week. Uh, Brady talking him up. You still, when you watch the Patriots, though, he'll still have, you know, a couple plays where Brady will throw like a 15 yard out and Josh Gordon just, just keeps yeah, running down not the field. E- yeah, he's not so, even in the vicinity. You know, <laughs> which, which, you know, when you're a fantasy player and you're paying attention to little things like that, like I know you are, Adam, and myself, you, you, you cringe a little bit because you go, ah, that's going to make Brady not trust him right there. He's not going to go back to him a lot. But you know what? He does. Um, I think with the Gronkowski injury, even though it's not going to be a long-term one, but, you know, uh, I got to say, I think Gordon overtook Hogan easily now in that offense, and it'll be Gronkowski, uh, Josh Gordon, and Edelman over the middle. I think there's plenty to go around, and I think Josh Gordon, uh, you know, owners are going to reap the benefits of waiting on him this long. I'm joined by Chris McCarry. You can find him at theathletic.com. Also, he plays in a lot of high-stakes leagues. Do you think Cooper benefits going to Dallas? I I, I don't. Yeah. Are you, you think he you does? You don't. Okay, no. I do. Yeah, I do, just because, um, I, well, you know what? That is, that's a good question. I might have jumped the gun on that one, Adam. Just, I'm not a huge Dak guy, but for them to trade for him and give a number one pick, they're going to force feed him the ball. You know, it's not like he's going to be this type of wide receiver that, is a two catch a game guy. I think they brought him over. They are desperate, you know. They desperately need help in the passing game. They have nobody. Um, I still, I think he's going to be one of those five, six catch game wide receivers. He's going to have to be for them. So he's got this week to, you know, understand the playbook. Um, you know, Mari Cooper owners really got screwed. Not that he was doing much as a Raider, but um, you know, he gets the extra bye week to learn the playbook, getting, you know, get into the offense a little bit. And then you got to hope that he produces for you as a you know as a Cooper owner. I don't know. Like, wasn't he? The now, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Adam. You know what? I'm pissed at. He was coming out of the bye, and even though he hasn't done much, he's facing the Colts this week. Right. And I was like, all right, you know, this will be a nice game for Cooper. And then you lose him, you know. So unfortunately, I do have him in one league, and I was like, all right, you know what? He's coming out of the bye week versus the Colts. This will be a nice stat game for him. And, and you don't get that. Then you hear the trade news. So. It's been a disaster again to be an Amari Cooper owner. Yeah, it has been that way now for the second straight year. Now, I will say the schedule is not that bad because for me, with Cooper, he gets he gets shut down by top corners. It's like he's non-existent. Yeah. He gets one or two catches. They have the Titans, and I've seen that Dory Jackson has been rated pretty high this year. Then they got the Eagles. That's not bad. The Falcons, we know how Great. bad they are defensively. The Redskins, maybe mm-hmm. he sees Josh Norman. The Saints. Uh, Lattimore, and then the Eagles again. So there are some games in there. If he can gain a rapport with Dak, then maybe he could put up some numbers. Yeah, that's a nice schedule um, for sure, especially the Eagle games right there because that Eagle secondary is terrible. So, you know, that's what you look for. But you're right. Uh, you know, when Cooper goes up against big corner, uh, you know, uh, legit corners, he loses those battles most of the time. But there wasn't that many guys on that list in that remaining schedule, you know, to uh, that you have to worry about. Now, I don't know if this has happened to you. You play in a lot of leagues, but so I decided in one of my leagues, you know what? I don't have Gronkowski anywhere. Let me take him here. And it's a big mistake. Like, that's when I look back and say that. Why would I do that? I should have just stuck with the original blueprint of what I usually do, and I don't take tight ends early, 
unless value is presented like in our GST league. I had no intention of taking yeah. Travis Kelsey, but he fell to 4-9. I'm taking him at 4-9. There was nothing to me better on the board. But has that happened to you where you try to diversify or do something different and you go away from what you usually do and then you look back and you're like, why did I do that? Uh, to answer your question, no, not when it comes to tight ends because I have never drafted a tight end in the first four rounds of a draft, Adam. I've, I think we've talked about this before when, when we talk about Gronkowski. I've never owned Rob Gronkowski in all my years of playing fantasy just because he's, he goes, in, you know, always in the second, third round. So never had him. But let me ask you this. Do uh, that particular draft where you took Gronkowski, where did you take him? Late Th- second or early third? 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. Okay, you don't, so you don't want to know who, you don't wanna know who I passed on. <laughs> oh, feel, I can imagine. It, I mean, it's hurt, you on Thielen. Yes, you there you go. Diggs. No, Diggs yeah, went. I mean, Diggs the Thielen thing. Diggs went two eleven, so he went right before me. Okay, but I, I passed on Thielen. That makes I look, you feel better. I look back and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, I just because uh, it's are not, you like you, me. I I love going back like every couple weeks and just looking at my draft boards for my big leagues, just to see like, all right, right there you could you could have had this guy right there. You could have had that guy, and just you know, it's it, it'll drive you crazy. It really will. But um, did you take? You took Gronkowski before Kelsey? Uh, I think I did. In that did. particular draft, right? Yeah. Yeah, I see, I, I, we spoke in the summertime. I, I had Kelsey at one, and I had Gronk two at tight end. And, um, you know, so once again, I, I would have never taken Gronkowski. But listen, you had to love what you saw in week one, right? I know. I was one, excited. I, <laughs> I even wrote an article. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I even wrote an article, I think, after the second week of the season saying that I think Gronkowski is going to be a difference maker at the tight end position because the tight end position was so bad so quickly this year. And, you know, Gronk early on the first couple of weeks they, and Kelsey and Zach Ertz established themselves as so dominant at the tight end position that I was saying, you know, to most people, I said, you know, these three tight ends are going to be the difference makers. If you have those three owners in every league have a huge advantage over the rest. And you know why? It still stands true for Ertz and, and even Kelsey because of what the tight end position has become. But unfortunately for the Gronkowski owners, you can't really say you're, uh, you know, along for the ride with the Ertz and Kelsey owners anymore. And the worst part, it's the, it's the play, uh, it's play FFWC, so... I had Ricky Seals Jones as the backup. He played Thursday night, and waiver and the Gronk news broke Saturday, so I couldn't go to waivers. Yeah. So I got a zero. And it was, yeah, and it was completely out of the blue. Nope. Yeah, you know, there was no talk about that until uh, you know early Saturday, Saturday morning. Yeah. So yeah, and it was too late. That was just terrible luck for uh, Gronkowski owners. And a matter of fact, I was playing uh, somebody in the FFWC main event as well this week, and they had um, Gronkowski. And they didn't have a backup tight end, and sure enough, they had to take a zero Ooh, yes. uh, at the position. So, uh, you know how many people must have took zeros because of that news, you know, along the way? Because you got to figure, Adam, you know, a lot of people in the high-stakes league, yeah, we all carry two tight ends. A lot of people carry two tight ends when you're dealing with 20-team rosters. But the Zach Ertz, Kelsey, and Gronkowski owners, if there's going to be a team that doesn't carry two tight ends, it's going to be those guys. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, so, I like I have Kelsey in our GST league, and I have a backup tight end, but it's not any good. It's Hayden Hurst, <laughs> you know. So, because yeah. like, what? I don't need to invest heavily. Although, if he gets hurt, right. then you're like, oh, you're yeah, you just want to have somebody. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, you go if you go out in the high stakes market, Adam, and you look at the at the free agent list right now for the tight end positions, it is disgusting. It, I mean, you can't even take a guy off the waiver wire at the tight end position that might catch a ball. You know, it's out of control right now, and um, you know, it's it's barren. So for the people that are losing tight ends, uh, like Gronkowski, they're in trouble. And here's the worst part: Gronkowski plays Monday night. Monday night this week. You know, so you're going to see a ton of Charles Clay ads. If oh. you know, if Charles Clay is available, and you're the Gronkowski owner, you got to run out there and, and you know and pick him up quickly. Because I mean, can you really, you know, go out there and pick up Dwayne Allen for a buck? No, you don't want Dwayne Allen anyway. He does him? nothing. He no. does nothing when he Gronk does nothing. Is out. Yeah, he does absolutely nothing. So I mean, that's a tough situation to be in. You know, but you have to go out and get Charles Clay just to protect yourself. So who who were the tight ends that you invested in mostly this year? I'm sure you spread out, but like who are the guys that you were have mostly if you had to look at your rosters? You know, the the tight end position has been absolutely great for me this year. Um, it's spread out across you know um, all all different leagues, but I'm not hurting at the tight end position anywhere. I have a little Jimmy Graham. Um, I have uh, some Austin Hooper, some OJ Howard. Um, Njoku and George Kittle are on almost every one of my teams. Um, I actually, this past week, uh, started Njoku at tight end and flexed George Kittle in, in a 14-team NFFC Classic League. So uh, I, those were the guys I was in on at tight end. Uh, I waited on tight end. And then on top of it, uh, you know, I, I, don't rem- I don't know if we talked about it, but when Greg Olson went down a couple weeks later, he was sitting on the waiver wire, and I bid on him, and I bid heavily. I overbid on him, and people were like, well, why would you spend that much money on Greg Olson? And I was like, hey, you know, he got out on the practice field that particular week. Like a day earlier, he showed up at practice, and I said, ah, he's maybe a couple weeks away, and, you know, who knows? And two weeks later, he's back playing. So, you know, I got Greg Olson also with all these other guys, so... I have some nice combinations at tight ends across my leagues right now, and uh, I can't even drop. I'm, I'm actually carrying three tight ends, believe it or not, Adam, on some of these teams, and they're all top ten tight ends in rankings every week. And uh, it's crazy to some people to carry three tight ends, but I don't want to drop one of them to help out another team in one of my leagues. No, it makes sense. And, you know, obviously these are non-trading leagues. If it was a trading league, then, yeah, yeah you can make a move because everyone, well, most teams are in the market for a tight end. You know, with Olsen, you know, I'm worried about him staying healthy. He's already mentioned that he needs surgery on the foot at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he played all those snaps in week six and week seven is great. You know, he didn't. Re- he was quiet last week. I know Philly is still pretty good against yeah. the tight end, but he did have that touchdown. Uh, are you concerned, though, that he, he stays healthy the rest of the year? Can you, uh, Are you still oh, worried? Oh, for sure. No, yeah, for sure. But you know what? For me, it's not a necessity. It's just another tight end that's, you know, either my second or third tight end on a team. And the schedule, I, I love, you know, the division he plays in. He gets a lot of the Tampa Bay, the Saints, the Falcons. So every week, you know, it's looking like a good matchup, you know, a lot of the times for him. Cam still focuses in on him. He didn't have a huge game, like you said, versus Philly, but he did catch that touchdown at the end. So I think he'll be a nice, uh, you know, top 10 tight end uh, the rest of the way. Because look at the tight end position right now. It's disgusting. It really is bad, man. Like, as you mentioned, if you have Njoku, and I do have him in a 14-team league, thank goodness. You know, Kittle was a guy I liked a lot. I didn't get him in any leagues, though. So there are some leagues where, 
No, you're hurting a tight end. I mean, I got some uh, Trey Burton in the league. You know, that, that was good this past Burton, week. Burton, that was another one, yes. Burton's my other one. I should have mentioned him. I have him in about three or four leagues as well. Yeah, it's yeah. always nice if you can hit on a tight end late, especially this year. That's producing on a consistent basis. It really puts you in a good spot. For sure. 100% does. All right, we'll continue with Chris Vicaro when we return. You can find Chris at theathletic.com, one of the top hostage players around. Lots more with him as we get you set for week eight. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, it is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. Of course, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Special promo now if you join. If you use the promo code RONIS70, you get 70% off your first month. The Week 8 Fab Guide is up. You can also apply that to Scout DFS as well. And if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, Try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. Enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. I'm joined by Chris Vaccaro. You can find him at theathletic.com. Also plays in a ton of high-stakes leagues. You know, I think last week, especially with the trade of Carlos Hyde, people were saying or were hoping, hey, maybe Duke Johnson gets more involved in the offense now. You know, I really thought it should happen weeks ago because they're really thin at wide receiver. But it was the same thing, you know, four catches, 23 yards. Does it get better for Duke Johnson, or is this what we're going to expect the rest of the way? No, it has to be. Uh, I, I would I would be starting Duke Johnson as like an RB2 or a flex going forward. Um, yeah, that game didn't work out as perfectly as, uh, you know, as Duke Johnson owners could have hoped. But, you know, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, the pass catching will be great. You know, and Chubb isn't that great of a, a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I could see him being the early down back, Duke being the guy that comes in on third down, and then, you know, when the Browns are down and trailing, it's Duke Johnson. So I think they'll form a nice one-two punch. Nick Chubb owner's got a real, uh, you know, nice present uh, going from having owning him and, and having him on their bench the first half of the season, now they throw them right in their lineups and they have a nice, uh, probably, I'd call him a stud running back the rest of the way. Yeah, fortunately, I did have him in several leagues and I was just so ecstatic oh, when I saw him. No, 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 no. Oh. I was ecstatic oh, when I saw it. that news. I've been holding on, holding on. In fact, I, I, do, I do have a co-owner of a team and it was a week ago and he was like, 
you know, we we were looking at free agents. I'm like, we really don't have anyone to drop, you know? And he's like, well, we could always drop Chubb, and we have a lot of fab. We can get him back. I was like, I, I don't want to do that, man. Because I, I was like, yeah. gonna, we're going to drop him, and then Hyde gets hurt. Exactly. And, and look what happens. Tough thing. Yeah, and that's the toughest thing. When you when you play with these deeper rosters, and you look at the team, and you're like, I've been holding this guy for so long, I don't want to drop him. What happens if it's the week? But you know who I have that same situation with? And you'll think I'm crazy for holding him, but Spencer Ware. You know? No, it's not crazy because of Kareem Hunt. You no, know, they offense. It's a league winner, and that's why. You know what? And it's on a team where um, it's on a hot stakes team where I actually split with my uh, brother-in-law, and he's like, "Dude, we have 19 awesome players, and then just holding Spencer Ware. Like, go hit the market and like get it that we you know could possibly use." And I'm like, "You don't understand. Like, Spencer Ware is just holding it a spot there because guess what? Our team is really good." And if Kareem Hunt, knock on wood, ever got hurt, because I own him in a couple other big leagues, but if he gets hurt, guess what? Spencer Ware is a borderline RB1 that could win you an overall and come right into your lineup. So, you know, it, those are the guys that are tough to just drop because then you drop a Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt gets hurt, and then boom. And it's possible that Ware never even plays this year, that Hunt stays healthy, and right. that's that's the risk you take. But we've seen a lot of running backs go down. I don't even know if we've ever had a discussion on handcuffing running backs. I mean, if you look at it this year, it's clearly worked out. You know, for those that did, you got the Le'Veon Bell, Connor situation, Fournette, Yeldon. Yeah. Is, are you big on that, uh, handcuffing your, your top one or two running? You can't handcuff everyone, obviously, but is that something that you look to do? No, I like to get other teams handcuffed, other, you know, players handcuffed. Just say, like, if, for instance, like I was just talking about, just say I have a league where, I, you know, I don't have Kareem Hunt in that league, but I'll get Spencer Ware. Because you don't want to hope your own running back goes down and, and then, you know, uh, he, he, great, you know, you have the backup, but you didn't gain anything. So I, I just think that's how you wind up building, like, monster teams is you have, like, two guys that are your, like, RB6 or 7 that you're carrying on a deep roster, and one if the starter goes down, boom, you have the you know the big time replacement. So that's usually how I do it um, in terms of handcuffing. But no, I won't I won't make a big time point to, throughout the draft to you know back up uh, my starting uh, running backs. Joined by Chris Vaccaro, you can find him at theathletic.com. We finally saw. A big game from Kerryon Johnson this past week as Theo Riddick was out. I think anyone who watches this team knows that he's clearly the best running back, but they're still going to feed LeGarrette Blount. Is Kerryon Johnson someone you can rely on going forward? Or if Theo Riddick comes back, you know, you do have to worry about how many touches he's going to get. It's the million-dollar question right now because, you know, all Kerryon Johnson owners feel like they're holding that lottery ticket, Adam, you know, and they're just waiting. Why isn't this guy getting 15 twats? 15 to 20 carries a game and, you know, ascending into an RB1. Uh, you know, he looks the part the last couple of weeks, running for big yardage. Uh, you know, when Theo Riddick comes back and hopefully he's out a couple more weeks and carry on Johnson, keep putting these games together, Blunt can get, you know, phased out. Uh, maybe he just becomes a short yardage back and that's it. But um, I think Patricia just is loyal to LeGarrette Blunt you know, for coming over to Detroit, and he's still going to give him these touches every week, and that's going to be unfortunate for carry-on Johnson owners. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just one of these situations where he wants to get into the second half of the year and have bring you know that running back along slowly. You see it a lot of times with these rookie running backs. 
first half of the season they they ease them into the offense and don't you know load the plate, and then the second half of the season they unleash them and give the veteran you know a back seat. So that's what you got to hope for. But you know this past game in Miami, he looked phenomenal. Yeah, and the Lions are three and three, but they're and they haven't really been passing a lot. I was looking at it today. Matthew Stafford, I think it's 30 pass attempts or fewer in three straight games, coming off one with 22. So I know probably people are going to be concerned about those wide receivers, but the schedule gets a lot more difficult ahead. They're going to have to pass Mm -hmm. more. So I think uh, people are are panicking a little bit on the Lions receivers because they didn't put up big games this past week. Although Galladay made a great catch. That was disappointing. Oh, my God. I think we spoke about it on Twitter. I was watching that play, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yes, and then the flag, of course. Yeah, it was a tr- tremendous play by Gale, who's really good, and uh, I think it'll get better for that team going forward because I think they're going to have to pass a little bit more. Uh, what's your yeah. outlook for these Eagle running backs right now? Because Corey Clement, Wendell Swanwood, both oh. disappointed this past week. Yeah, um, you know what, Adam? That is a real toss-up question. Um, I think Clement is the more talented back. I-, I think he's the more valuable guy out of the two to have. I didn't like the, you know, the fact that even Josh Adams started getting in the mix a little bit. The, uh, you know, he's starting to get some carries. It's a complete crapshoot. Um, I don't think any of them are more than a flex play between Clement and Smallwood. Uh, I was hoping that one of them would establish themselves, having a couple of shares of each throughout teams. Uh, I, I just, I really don't know what's going to happen in that situation. I think Smallwood's a little too unreliable i'd rely more on clement basically just because of the pass catching uh, ability that he has should jordan howard owners be in a state of panic right now mm, yeah yeah and, and you know what it, it's more because of Tariq cohen i think than anything else because they just can't keep Tariq cohen off the field and Nagy loves him and i think it i think Tariq cohen makes his offense go the way he wants it to, and that's a bad sign for Jordan Howard owners. You know, what hap- what even though Jordan to- Howard isn't. What happened well. the first three weeks though with Cohen? He was barely involved, and I'm sure people caught him. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. You're right, but what's happened since then is the complete opposite. <laughs> oh, man, you know, he's ridiculous. unleashing the guy, and he's just a he's just an absolute weapon. But. Um, you know, I, Jordan Howard, I still think he's going to be like a 12-carry-a-game guy. I think he's going to be, I, I want to say, uh, uh, RB2 for people. See, you know, when I say RB1, RB2, it's crazy because you call somebody an RB2 and you're like, all right, you know, but then you go and look at, like, running back rankings and you start getting to that 18 to 24 range every week and you're like, ew, like, already, you know? Uh, so, yeah, he's still going to be a top 18 back, uh, I think, uh, every week, but. It's not going to be that, you know, late second round, early third round draft value that you thought you were getting him at. And just to think about that, Jordan Howard, I mean, I remember talking to a friend and his big conversation, the big conversation we were having, you know, draft week was Jordan Howard or Joe Mixon at the end of that second. Who do you like? Who do you like? And most people were taking Howard off the board before Mixon, but I no, think that's really? going to be a, you know, saw, a major I, mistake. Yeah. I saw a lot. Yeah. Of, I saw Mixon mostly going before Howard. Well, I think late, late in the draft season, Mixon's like had a, you know, flying up the boards. Um, you right. know, Mixon was my second target in the second round where I was taking him 14th, 15th, 16th overall off the board. So I had him way ahead of Howard, but a lot of people had Howard over 
Mixon, um, you know, on draft boards. Yeah, and they feel like absolute garbage right now. And Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin Cook also. (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, everyone complains about Leonard Fournette, rightfully so, but Dalvin Cook has been just as bad, if not worse. Oh, for sure. I mean, just think of the misses that that there's been. When you look at draft boards and you go back and look and and just go through the top 36 picks, that that is a lot of misses already. So, you know, the Devontae Freeman owners got hurt, the Cook, Fournette owners. Um, you know, it's multiple receivers, uh, you know, have missed, but, uh, let's talk about, you know, I'm still shaking my head over what you told me in the break, Adam, about your GSP team with that start that you had with, uh, Kamara and Thielen and who else was it? Yeah, I started, uh, Kamara, AJ Green, Adam Thielen, Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you're going to lose in that league, buddy. Well, but, hey, uh, like, Cooper Cup's hurt right now. Look at you always well, do Cooper this, Cup. man. You try to jinx me, man. Oh, it's a lock. You got the chance. You know, nah, what's nah, your nah. address? I'm going to send you the money. I'm going to. Well, okay, you if you're going to do that, if you're going to send me the money, yeah, okay, <laughs> well, you can go that way. But you know, no, but how great is it being a feeling owner in that third round? Like, oh my just, goodness, he's just a dream for fantasy owners in that late third round. People, he was actually even falling into the early fourth round for whatever reason. It was that knee issue, right? It, it, you know, late, late in the draft season, he had that little knee issue. Uh, and You're right. I totally to forgot about that. A little bit. You're right. Yeah, I totally forgot that, about that. And that's why he was falling. He was flipping. He fell to like that back end of that whole wide receiver tier. Whereas, you know, early in the draft season, he was in that mid-20s range right there with Diggs neck and neck. And then he fell to, like, late 30s, you know, uh, 35 to 40 overall range in drafts. I mean, the people that took guys like Amari Cooper over him and everything, they just, they probably don't sleep well at night. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't taking yeah. Cooper there. I think also part of what happened is Diggs was getting a lot of buzz, and Diggs moved ahead of Thielen. And I did have Diggs mm-hmm. ahead of Thielen. And, uh, you know, Diggs gets the tougher I coverage. I did as well. Diggs has the yeah. tougher coverage. You know, Thielen's in the slot, and obviously, you know, I guess we didn't account for, you know, who would Cousins prefer, but, I mean, he's clearly mm-hmm. looking at Thielen more. I mean, Diggs got his targets this past week. He just struggled a little bit. I still think Diggs is going to have some big games, but Thielen's just been uh, – uh, Thielen's amazing yeah. right now. No, I, I think they're both going to be monsters. Uh, you know, the past game, they really just don't have much. You know, they, they sprinkle in a little Kyle Rudolph or Treadwell, but, um, you know, with the lack of run game also, it's just – Diggs and Thielen are just that monster one-two combination. And sure, I'd rather have Thielen over Diggs, but I'm not complaining as a Diggs owner. I just need that yardage and touchdowns to pick back up again. Yeah, it's so funny when we go back and look at drafts. And as you said, you do this, and then you see, like, picks in round five, like Jamison Crowder and uh, Marshawn Lynch. And it's just like, oh, man, those owners. You know, Marvin Jones. I mean, Marvin... You know, I think are you and I didn't. I'm not. I see you took Marvin Jones. I'm not saying you. I actually think Marvin Jones is yeah. going to be okay. He's. I don't, but you know, it's funny because that's my only Marvin Jones share is in the GST league at all my teams, and I and I hated it when I took it. I but I remember getting caught in that draft because it was a snake draft, and I was drafting first overall, so I was drafting 48 and 49, and there was such a wide receiver run right before it came back to me that the tier had just dropped off and Marvin Jones was the last guy available, you know, for me to take. And I wasn't high on him, but 
Wait, you know, I thought you. I, I, thought, I thought we had this discussion what? because Emmanuel Sanders went two picks later. I love Sanders. He was my bounce back player of the year. We do a preseason pro. So you you didn't like Sanders there. I, I loved Sanders. I I took Marvin Jones before Emmanuel Sanders in that particular draft. Yeah, because I thought we had. A, I thought well, then I Sanders. well then I should have well then I should get you know burnt at the stake for doing that. <laughs> That's just terrible. yeah, because Tammy absolutely ta- Tammy took her uh, two picks after you, and I I looked at her like, are you kidding me? Because that's what I wanted. Now I wound up getting Cooper Cup, which, um, you know, there's was, no way. Wait, you you got Cup before it came back to me, right? Or no? I got Cup at five five. You took Jones at five one. Ah, well then I must have been I I must have been a late night the night before. Or something <laughs> like that. Well, here's the I, here's the thing with Marvin Jones. You said you're a little worried. As I mentioned before, mm-hmm. the schedule for the Lions is tougher upcoming, so they're not going to be able to just run the ball and, and pass less. And look at Marvin Jones mm-hmm. the first three weeks, four for 54, four for 54 in a touchdown, four for 69 in a touchdown, so at least nine points in a PPR yeah. format, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And Stafford was looking for him deep consistently. They've been a little bit off. Dallas is a team, slow pace, week four. They, don't, they didn't have to do much. Green Bay game, remember, they were up 24 nothing. They didn't have to pass. Right. And then this week against Miami, they were in control. So I know I'd still take Kenny Galladay and Golden Tate, but I think Marvin Jones can resurface here. I, I mean, I think he'll be an average receiver. I think he'll be a flex receiver or, you know, a, a wide receiver three. At that time, drafting in mid-August or whenever we were drafting, uh, you know, I didn't expect Kenny Galladay to be, this, you know, obviously as great as he is. I expected Marvin to be the 1B to Golden Tate's 1A in, in that Lion offense. So at the time... I didn't hate Marvin Jones, but, you know, I thought there was other guys I liked more than him. I just don't know how I took Marvin Jones over Cooper Cup and Sanders, guys that were my two targets in that mid-range round when uh, the big money was on the line. So, yeah, that's disgusting on my part. But I, you know what, Marvin, that makes me even sicker, so thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> we all do it, though. Uh, we Emmanuel all... Sanders is an absolute dream, and Cooper Absolutely. Cup is just going to be – just. I mean, the two of them – Cup Sanders, uh, I have many shares of both spread out on my team. Uh, they've been absolutely great. I'm sick to my stomach that Cooper Cup got hurt because he was just a consistent 20 points, I feel, every every week, and a legit wide receiver, too, in that offense. So we hopefully have... we get him back in yeah. the next couple weeks. I hope yeah. so, too. Chris, always good talking to you. We could talk all night, and we will one day. I'll come yeah, over to GST. We'll hang out at the Greenwich Street Tavern. Real quick, Red Sox or Dodgers? Who you got? Red Sox. All right, you buddy. too? Be good. All right. No, man. Dodgers. Okay. That is Chris McCarry. You can find him at theathletic.com. I'm Adam Ronis. Find me at scoutfantasysports.com. Promo code RONIS7 to get you 70% off your first month. I'll be back Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern.